This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. What? Me worry? Never. Welcome into Gwen and Chris, everybody. 201 is the time. A Wednesday get together on San Diego's number one sports talk station. We are 97.3 The Fan. This is Chris Ello along with Matt Scraby. We are together in our Odyssey Palace studios today. Another edition of Gwen and Chris without Tony Gwynn Jr., who is uh, continuing to enjoy what has become a lengthy vacation. I imagine there are some people out there wondering just how long is he. Is he off? For? I uh, I did have a few messages asking uh, when I'm going to take off all the time. When we all get the rest of our time off. Yeah, Tony, well, look, I mean, he put in an entire baseball season. So did we. And so did we. But uh, he was broadcasting those games, traveling, and so now he is uh, resting, and uh, we will have him back on Monday. But what was I worried about last night, Scraby? I my told you goodness, so many times. I went on and on about my concerns for this Aztec game against Stanford last night and worried about the defense and worried about the uh, the light crowd at Maples Pavilion and whether or not the Aztecs would be able to get themselves up for the game. All these players returning to their hometown area. Would they be pressing a little bit? I viewed it as a trap game in between BYU and the Maui tournament. And the Aztecs said, what are you worried about? They uh, completely dominated Stanford last night. 74-62 to was the final score, but it was a much easier win than even that final score would suggest. The Aztecs uh, scored the first bucket of the game, a three-pointer by Matt Bradley, and they never trailed. They were never behind. They were never really ahead by any less than 10 points throughout the course of the game. I think Stanford got it down to six at one point in the second half, but the Aztecs quickly pulled away again. Did you almost again. faint when so, that happened? What, when it got down to yeah, six? Yeah, when it got down to six. <laughs> no, because I, I could just tell they had command of that game the entire way. And I told you it was going to be a 10-point win. They ended up winning by 12. Yes, you were right, and uh, I was worried for nothing. But it's okay. I don't mind worrying like that if it leads ultimately to a victory. All right. You see what I'm saying? I like, do. I do. You know that that negative that negative <laughs> spin that I put on games from time to time. Oh yes. You know, in my heart of hearts, I truly believe that they're going to win. But I I, I feel like if you don't get some of the negativity out there, then some of the positive things may not happen. 
So you have to yeah, – I've always been big about respecting your opponent and, and probably having too much respect for your opponent. I, I've, I've always felt that's a big deal. I don't understand people who come out and, you know, I, I don't even mind – look, if you want to guarantee that you're going to win – you can guarantee that you're going to win. Just don't guarantee it by saying the other team stinks. And, you know, I know that... <laughs> so much superstition in this right There now. is a little superstition involved, but I think you have to respect, you know, who you play. And the, the one thing I've always talked about is the one thing I believe in sports. I don't necessarily believe in luck. I don't believe in conspiracies like you do. Oh, I love conspiracies. But I do believe in karma. And, and I believe that if you're... If you are disrespectful to your opponent, somehow the karma may get back to you in the end. And I think teams have lost games in the past because they're outright disrespectful to their opponent. And, uh, you know, that's why you hear coaches talk up other teams. You know, I mean, you ask Nick Saban, he's playing Austin. Alabama's playing Austin P. Yes. That is like a Division yeah. Nine school. I just found out there's a college out there named Transylvania. I'm sure Alabama's probably playing them. Probably going to schedule too. them next year. Yes, but, yes. But somehow Nick Saban has to make sure that he makes it at least appear like his team respects Austin P before they head out on the field on Saturday. I That's agree. just what coaches have to do. And uh, I, I'm sure Brian Dutcher uh, had much the same thinking going into the Stanford game that I did that uh, Stanford was a dangerous opponent. but uh, See, I think a coach definitely has to have that respect and has to be and worried I feel, about it. And I feel like a good fan has to have the same respect. No, just stomp all over them. Just well, talk the all game, the trash. Nah, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just not that way. I, I, I'm just not that way. I, le- I leave that to people like you. <laughs> I leave that to people like you. You mean emotional roller coasters? Yes, you think that all the other teams out there stink, they and do. theirs is the only one that's uh, that's worth a darn. Uh, well, it's true. Look, the Aztecs win last night despite Darian Trammell not making a single basket. He finished with six free throws. They win last night despite Matt Bradley once again not having a great shooting night. He was 3 for 10. He was 1 for 5 from 3. But it doesn't matter because the Aztecs have so many good players. Look at off the bench last night. A rope 3 for 3. Lede 6 for 8. Parrish 3 for 7. 9 the depth points. is so important. Seiko 2 for 3. I mean, off the bench, they knocked in every shot. And they're so deep. And they just keep coming at you, and the Aztecs end up shooting 51% last night. That's unheard of for an Aztec basketball team. <laughs> yeah. And if they shoot 51%, I, I'm telling you what, they're going to be in the top five in the nation before long. And, you know, I fretted about the defense a little bit after that BYU game because BYU had some pretty good numbers, even though the Aztecs beat them. Last night, the Aztecs clamped down on Stanford, and they did exactly what I was hoping they would do. They held Stanford to 40% shooting. They held Stanford to 22% from the three-point arc. You know, they did everything right. They didn't out-rebound Stanford, but they forced more turnovers, and those turnovers led to a bunch of points, including that beautiful play that Trammell made at the end of the game for the final basket, as it turned out. Oh, yeah, that was beautiful. A run out layup that he uh, turned into a no-look bounce pass behind his back right to Lamont Butler. I mean, hit him in stride. He did. It was beautiful. Could not have been more perfect, and then Butler flew in for the dunk. It was like an and-one play right to there. To put the exclamation point on that victory. So uh, San Diego State, beautiful 3-0 and 
And uh, now they can uh, practice for a few days, get ready for the Maui Classic, which starts on Monday against Ohio State. But we've got ourselves a pretty good basketball team in town. Might have another pretty good basketball team in town. I don't want to completely overlook UC San Diego, which for the second year in a row knocked off Cal. Cal's never going to play them again. Cal should never play them again. I mean, they beat them last year at Cal. Yes. I- <laughs> so you would think that Cal would have had its, you know, had their attention, and then UC San Diego blows them out for the most part last night until Cal made a late rally. UCSD hung on to win the ball game and beats Cal for the second year in a row. So the Pac-12 schools do not fare well against the San Diego kids, and uh, you know we should still throw in that Steve Lavin's USD Toreros are a perfect 3-0, and and they're going to be hosting Utah State tomorrow night. So it's been a very good start to the college basketball season here in San Diego. And as it turns out, I didn't need to worry. But you know what? I will probably worry about the next game just as much as I worried about that one last night. But You know you know what I've uh, tried to really adopt in my life, Chris, over the past year or so? What's that? Is worry about things when I have to worry about them. Don't worry. Don't imagine yourself into worry. Well, one of the things that you're supposed to definitely do in your life is not worry about things you can't control. Yes, and that and is a huge thing, Guess too. how much control I have over a San Diego State basketball game. As much as I do, which is none. Zero, right? But, you know, I still like to, to mentally prepare myself by worrying <laughs> about my opponent. And uh, I was concerned that Stanford was going to be able to give the Aztecs a much better game last night. They did not. The Aztecs were in complete command the entire way, and this 3-0 and start is nice. They're probably going to get ranked, uh, well, they're 17 right now. I guess the next rankings come out Tuesday, so they'll have already played Ohio State. But All those rankers can't uh, move them down. They can't take out. us out. No, they can't take us out right now, not the way they're playing, not how good this team looks. And, you know, Brian Dutcher, here's my next worry. Uh-oh. Brian Dutcher came out after the game and said well i you know i i really challenged my guys i said we're in the middle of a very tough five game stretch here got BYU which we won now we got Stanford and then we've got this Maui Classic with three tough games in a row he said let's see where we are let's see how we do in this tough five game stretch about the next team See, after this five-game stretch, remember they play UC Irvine, a team that knocked off Oregon last week. So I'm already worried about the UC Irvine game. Take it in segments. I'm already worried about the UC Irvine game, thinking that Brian Dutcher has his guys thinking only about this five-game stretch and not worried about the games that are coming up after it. You know, I, I that's I have how a, I do things. I have a wild mind that goes all over the place, but yes, you do. I'm very happy that it doesn't go to those places. To those extremes, about. yes, because I'm not. I'm not even thinking about who they're playing next until the day of. Yeah, well, I, I am, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But I, I'm very pleased, and Aztec fans should be very pleased with the start to the season. It was a pretty good night of college basketball, Michigan State, and. Uh, Kentucky played a double overtime game last night. You know, you don't talk. I, I, I'm, I'm the guy that says the coaching is overrated. It comes down to the kids. It comes down to the players on the floor. But if you watched that Michigan State-Kentucky game last night, twice, one time at the end of regulation and then one time at the end of the first overtime, Michigan State had only a couple of seconds to get a shot off to tie the game and had an inbounds play, 
And in both cases, Tom Izzo drew up a magical play Mm -hmm. that worked to perfection. And Michigan State scored on a layup the first time. They scored on a dunk the second time. And in both cases, they were able to extend the game, and they eventually beat Kentucky in double overtime. That's where coaches come in handy. That's where coaches come in handy. Well, Tom he's been there, done couple, that. Yeah, he drew up a couple of brilliant plays. Michigan State executed them, and they beat Kentucky. I don't know how Michigan State isn't ranked. I'm, I'm not. Again, I, I don't. You know, go over. You know, who's got all these returning starters, and you know, compare everything to last year. But I saw Michigan State play Gonzaga, the number two team in the nation. Right? They yeah. played them out here on the uh, Lincoln uh, aircraft did, carrier yes. last week. Gonzaga beat them by a point. Yes, it was and a it good, was a close game. Nip and tuck, back and forth game. And now I've seen Michigan State beat fourth ranked Kentucky. Something tells me maybe Michigan State ought to be ranked as well. Yeah, what are we complaining about with our 17th ranked Aztecs when Michigan State's on the Michigan outside? Michigan State's looking in. got a better complaint than we do. I uh, think they'll, they'll like figure it out over the year. I'm they'll, pretty sure they yeah. will uh, eventually make an appearance now, in the I have a question uh, about, somewhere. I have a question about Tom Izzo. I've always wondered this, and I've never really gotten to talk about it, but. I know that certain plays are definitely designed and called in practice, and they and they do a lot of practicing of these plays. But are some of these plays just drawn up off the top of his head, or is there always some sort of plan that he has? Well, I think uh, I I definitely think there. Both all teams have a bundle of inbounds yeah, plays. Yeah, yeah. You know, the at least I even remember practicing that when I was a kid. At least four or five that yes. you can go to. But like but end I of think game in, plays. I think in certain situations, yeah, I think Izzo can draw up something special just for that moment. And it looked like those two plays were drawn up on the spot. Because they, be they so worked fun. to perfection. I mean, on the one play, the kid set a screen at the free throw line. Then he, then he rolled off the screen, and they looked. They, I think Kentucky thought the ball was going to go to the guy he screened for. It went to the screener. He grabbed it, went right in for an easy layup. The other play, they were able to throw the ball half the length of the floor. Guy got open, ran in for. I mean, it was just executed beautifully. And I love to see great basketball like that, and. Uh, so Michigan State, you know, that that's a team that certainly ought to be ranked based on what I've seen so far. Uh, but the Aztecs certainly deserve their number next to their name after the way they played last night. So uh, good on them. We are going to try to get a San Diego State basketball guest on the show tomorrow. We I've didn't have time to work that out today, but Scraby is in, uh, in communication with the Aztecs. So uh, we'll hopefully get a coach, player, somebody out there to talk about not only the start of the season, but what's ahead in this Maui Classic. Because this San Diego State basketball, here's the thing I say about San Diego State basketball. Remember, we are a one professional sports team city, right? That's it. That's all we have is the Padres at the professional major level, all right? I don't mean to leave out the... Well, you know all those teams yes. that all play. Yes. You yes. know the we're talking about baseball, football, major professional sports team. We're yeah, a one. Hockey. We're a one sports city. So what do we do right between October and March when Padres aren't playing? And this looks like it's going to be about the fifteenth year in a row that San Diego State men's basketball just entertains us through the winter time. Yeah, I mean they've done this for so long. And I'm very appreciative of it because, I mean, if they were back where they were before Steve Fisher ever got there, these four months would be completely without merit. Without anything going on. In San Diego. Yeah. But, you know, Good you've point. got San Diego State playing big-time college basketball, playing big-time opponents, 
filling up Viejas Arena and having this kind of success year in and year out. And it looks like we're in for another very fun season. So I'm very happy about that. San Diego, the, if you're talking karma, karma owes San Diego State for that 2020 season where they didn't get to do the tournament. Well, and it's so something maybe to keep it's in the back, back of your mind. It's something to keep in the back of your mind, but... As the worry wart that I am, I will tell you that three games into a season, a little far too early to be making Final Four plans. <laughs> okay. But I will say that uh, I'm obviously pretty happy I just with the way they started things out. To the yeah. Final Four. So Yes, you did. You yeah. basically said they're, car- they're, om- they're owed. They're owed. Karma it's says, happen. Karma says they might have won the national championship in 2020, so maybe it'll come to pass this year. Uh, I hope you're right, but I'm a little. Uh, that's getting a way too far. You're ahead already of uncomfortable. I can feel you. Cl- I'm a little uncomfortable yes, with, that, out of your with skin. that thinking. Yes. Uh, coming up on the program today, well, we got to talk about what the Padres did today. Big uh, free agent signing today for the Padres. If you don't think it's a big free agent signing, then why are you all so happy about it? Oh, it's it's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, Nick Martinez is going to be back with the Padres after originally opting out of his contract. Padres have worked out a deal. Scraby is going to explain oh, gosh. exactly how this deal works in the next segment. It's a very interesting contract setup for Nick Martinez. I like it. And uh, I, I don't know if we, yesterday I had to leave the show a little early. I had a women's basketball game to broadcast and Scraby took everybody through the final hour of the show. And oh, I yeah. understand that one of the things you did yesterday was yeah. you you broke down for everybody in very clear fashion. 100%. How the Rule 5 draft works in Major League Baseball. You know, when you think you understand something, <laughs> you should probably do more research to try to figure it out. Apparently it didn't go so well. I, here's what I know about the Rule 5 draft. What, are you going to try it again? Yes. Okay. If an 18-year-old or younger is signed to a professional contract, they the team has five years to put them on the 40-man roster, or they go into the Rule 5 draft. Okay. If you're 19 or older, it's the same thing, but you have to. There's money involved with that. You have to like pay to get a player. Okay, I'm kind of following you so far. And that's about it, Chris. That's all you know about it. <laughs> that's all I know about it. Well, I, what happens I if they, if you don't sign the player or put them on the 40 man roster? They well, then they go into the then they go into, into the a draft. Rule five draft, which means somebody else can pluck them from your roster. Yes, that's correct. the way it works. Yes, but absolutely. Evidently, that was a little more difficult for you to. Uh, to uh, well, there's explain nothing. yesterday. Well, I got some nice uh, tweets about it saying uh, we were with you out there, and I appreciate They were supporting you, you were in supportive. your struggles. Yes, but uh, it, 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 there's nothing like being live on the air knowing that you have yeah. no idea what you're talking okay, about. Okay, well, uh, I'm assuming you're not going to have much idea what you're talking about in this next segment. No, 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 but, no I, I'm in on this one. But I'm going to give you a shot to explain how Nick Martinez's contract works in the next segment. So, But uh, good news for the Padres. They have re-signed their uh, versatile right-handed pitcher. We will have a Rate the Radio call coming up for you in the first hour of the program today. In the 3 o'clock hour, our uh, NFL guy from the popular podcast, <laughs> Two Pros and a Joe, Greg Camarillo, will be on the show. We haven't talked to Greg in a while. And, of course, Chris versus the fans, Big Five, all later on. So, underway for a Wednesday. Welcome to it. Gwen and Chris, Chrisello, Matt Scraby, Odyssey Palace Studios, 97.3 The Fan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Padres lost a couple of guys, got them back. Right away, welcome back to Gwen and Chris. 2.24 is the time. Robert Suarez was the first to opt out and become a free agent. Padres quickly re-signed him. And now it's Nick Martinez back in the fold. But it's a very complicated contract. It's actually not too bad. And when things get complicated, we like to bring in our experts on stuff like this. Thank you. So... Tony's not here, <laughs> so we're going to have to go elsewhere yes. and come up with Mr. Scraby to Thank try you. and explain exactly how this deal works. No, this deal is, I like this deal. It's creative. You like it, huh? I, it's creative. It gives Nick Martinez some sort of something to work towards, but so he signs this three-year deal, and he's going to make $10 million this coming season. After that, he is slated to make $8 million in 24 and 25 plus potential performance bonuses. But he can opt out of his contract after the 23 season if he doesn't want to make $8 million. Here's where it's it's a good thing, I think. Padres have a team option that would pay Martinez $16 million in 24 and 25. So AJ Castell wrote, in other words, the deal's worth up to $42 million, and if Martinez performs well in 23, it would prompt the Padres to pick up that team option, and he would make $16 million. So it's... It's not too complicated. He has an out after this first year, and the Padres can say, nope, we'll pay you $16 million. You're coming back in 24 and 25. All right, so if he does really crappy in 23, then he then can he, make $8 million. Then he doesn't opt out. He stays on for $8 million in 24 and 25. Correct. If he does really, really good in 23, then he does opt out. Correct. He becomes a free agent. No, no. Unless the Padres give him $16 million. Yes. Yeah, I got it. I got it figured out. I, I was able to cut through all of your BS there and uh, it wasn't BS. It, really it was actually it was actually a really great breakdown. But thank yes, you. Yes, it was a great breakdown because you wrote it verbatim from AJ Casavell, who actually does know what he's talking exactly. about. Exactly. I I go to the experts and I gave him credit for it. I said AJ Casavell said very smart of you, smarter than National League Baseball Writers Association voters who gave the NL Manager of the Year award to Buck Showalter. This after Buck Showalter completely gagged the NL East <laughs> championship and then gagged again in the first round of the playoffs and then embarrassed himself and his profession 
and his organization by checking Joe Musgrove for illegal substances. Despite all of it, Buck Showalter beat out Dave Roberts and Brian Snitker for the NL Manager of the Year. I guess the Padres can take a little bit of a pride in the fact that in the first two rounds of the playoffs, they knocked off the top two managers, Buck Showalter and then Dave Roberts. I don't understand how Showalter wins it ahead of Brian Snitker after Snitker caught and passed him to win the NL East Championship. And I don't know how either of them can get the award over Dave Roberts, who basically set a National League record practically with 111 wins. I mean, if you're not going to get Dave... What you did in the postseason does not go into the voting. Yes, You have to understand that. So if you're a Dodger fan out there and you say, well, Dave Roberts blew the playoff, all right, partly he blew the playoff, partly the Padres just took it from him. But the voting for this stuff only has to do with the regular season. Dave Roberts turned in a historical regular season. 111 wins. They were as good as any team has been in the last 90 years yeah. in the National League. Sorry, but I, you know, and I know we're not allowed to ever, you know, say anything good about a Dodger around here, but you know, in my mind Dave Roberts is still a San Diego guy and I'm sticking up for Dave. Went to Rancho Buena Vista High School. And I'd like to see Dave Roberts be recognized for manager of the year. I he did a far superior job than Show Walter did. Yeah, he has to I, I don't get it. The Dodgers how many injuries did the Dodgers have this year? About two dozen. They had a lot. Their yeah. entire pitching staff was wiped out. I, the, I don't know. I, I don't Showalter, understand the voting there. Buck Showalter already had superstars in place on his team. So did the Dodgers, but like you said, he did historic things. He did much wins. more than Buck Showalter and, did. And Brian Snicker, like you said, he beat him out for the division. So if you're going to give it to the guy who won the NL East, you're going to give it to Brian Snicker because he was the one who actually managed his team into a bye. I disagreed with the American League choice yesterday as well. As much as I am a fan of Terry Francona, I thought Brandon Hyde of the Baltimore Orioles, and you have to tell everybody Brandon Hyde of the Baltimore Orioles because nobody knows who Brandon Hyde is. Yeah. But the fact that the Baltimore Orioles went from 52 wins to having a record over 500 was an incredible achievement, especially considering he did it in the AL East where there were three other playoff teams. That's true. The Yankees, yeah. Toronto, and Tampa Bay. I don't I don't understand. Honestly, you baseball writers have nothing to do other than to think over who you're going to vote for, spend some time with it, and make the right selection. I, Will yeah. you please? I, I'm just, I, I'm, I, I, I'm I starting to feel think... like these awards, I, I know they mean something, but I'm starting to feel like, on my from my perspective, these awards don't mean anything to me because I see through whatever politics they're they're going. They're there playing. must be some politics involved. I'm not sure exactly what they are. Because Brandon I mean, Hyde you, is the definition of manager of the year. To me, he is. I, I I don't understand. I mean, I Francona and the Guardians were surprising, but the Orioles were beyond surprising. Beyond surprising. They were stunning to be able to have done what they did and also do it in a division with three other playoff teams. I mean, you've got to think these things through when you're voting. I, 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 do, I don't get it. We'll see what baseball writers come up with today when they announce the Cy Young Award winners. I would assume, again, I'm assuming, but uh, Justin Verlander will be uh, the American League guy and Sandy Alcantara will be the National League guy. But after what I saw yesterday... I guess nothing can be 100% certain. And, you know, we're just coming out of a situation where the 
Silver Slugger Awards, with all due respect, should have gone to Manny Machado and didn't, should not have gone to Josh Bell and and Juan Soto, but did. And so I don't understand the Silver Slugger choices. Cronenworth got beat out. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was the very goal, Don't few... even go with the gold glove. And then the gold glove, don't get me started. You know, again, if you really have to give it to Arenado because it's the law... Then you've got to at least include Manny Machado as a finalist. finalist. Yeah. And Hassan Kim and Cronenworth got beat out of those too. So I, you know, and I understand the Padres aren't the organization, only organization in baseball. I just don't understand what they were thinking with a lot of these postseason awards. Did we mention and it's though? Gonna, and, and I'm just getting myself ready for the agony that's going to be tomorrow. Oh, the MVP. When yeah. the MVP is announced and Manny gets overlooked and probably he'll finish third. They'll probably give it to both Cardinal guys over Manny when we know how ridiculous that is. We've already talked about karma multiple times in the show. Maybe the karma is going to come around for Manny. He's going to win the MVP. Maybe. That would be incredible. If we're sitting here tomorrow, Manny Machado wins the MVP. Rate the radio call is coming up next. I have no response to what you just said because I think it's such a far-fetched idea. That he wins MVP? Yeah, We sat here last week talking about with Tony. They don't even think the guy can pick up a ground ball. Uh, How are you going to vote for him for MVP? You make a good point. But he He has better statistics than Arenado in every single category. Yet he still didn't win the Silver Slugger Award. We were talking about this on Friday. If you have to have a teammate, if you have a teammate also up for the MVP like Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt are, you're not an MVP. You're not the most valuable player. You have someone else who's very good at baseball helping you. So by process of elimination, Chris, it's got to go to Manny. I will. I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news to you, but I don't believe it's going to happen. I said I was good. I will walk out of here and come back in a minute after. Chris Can you was stay hoping, away for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, Chris was hoping I was going to say never come favor? back, but I wasn't going to put myself in that hole. All right, rate the radio calls coming up next. More Gwen and Chris on the way. Welcome back to the program. 2.39 is the time. Chris Ello, Matt Scraby, together in our Odyssey Palace studios. Tony Gwynn Jr. continuing to enjoy his vacation. He'll be back with us on Monday. We have plenty to get done today. Coming up in the 3 o'clock hour, rather, Greg Camarillo from the popular podcast, <laughs> Two Pros and a Joe. Scraby's part of that. You're I the am. Joe. I'm the Oh, you, you didn't think I was a pro? Come on. I know you're not. I am definitely a pro. Greg Camarillo, Marcus McNeil, Matt Scraby, two yeah. pros and a Joe. You ought to check it out sometime if you haven't already. Thank you. Do Chris. they make fun of you just the way Tony and I make fun of you? Oh man, yes, pretty it, much. It just follows me everywhere. Yeah, but I can only be one person, and that's me. So I, I, I talked a lot about conspiracy theory in the podcast. Um, I usually, you know, we talk a lot about stuff that we don't really think about. Like, what's your favorite part of a team plane trip home? Because we were talking about Kirk Cousins being shirtless now every time that he flies home. Yes, that's a reason to start rooting against the Vikings, by no, the way. No, no, I think it's awesome. I think it's fun. It's Maybe it's just annoying. because my former high school teammate is the head coach. I thought it was fun the first time. I don't need to see Kirk Cousins bare-chested. With a huge chain around his neck. I, I Kirk get, Cousins is, and the thing that makes it funny to begin with is, is he's probably the very definition of uncool. He is, but he's also ripped. Cousins. 
He's ripped. Yeah, he is, but he's I, an NFL player. That doesn't surprise me. I, I got I got a little bit too much into the Kirk Cousins um, body on the podcast, Two Pros and a Joe. Yeah, so. well, let's not do that on no, this no, show. No, 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 no. I will not bring that You here. can do that on a podcast. Yes, you can. Not on the very strict format of the Gwen and Chris program. <laughs> yes, we have such a strict format. Yes, we don't want anything to get out of hand here. Uh, it is that time of the week where we... Play some uh, fun radio calls from sports events uh, over the weekend or throughout the last week. Then we rate them. We used to have a little fun with this. It's called Rate the Radio Call. It's one of the more popular segments on the show. And with that, here it is. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From the really, really good... Back to the wall! It's gone! Home run, Kobe! And there will be tomorrow! To the really, really bad... He throws, it's caught. (laughs) Mixon streaking down the sideline to the 20. Gets a block from Chase and runs it into the end. We got some radio calls. Gwen and Chris are going to rate them. Right-handed hitter back in there. Strasburg ready to go. It's rate the radio call. The 1-2 pitch slider strike recalled. A no-hitter. On 97.3 The Fan. Yes, that is Chris in the open when he called Steven Strasburg's no-hitter. Back, back in, in 1899. I was just about to say, you took it. <laughs> you beat me to it. You beat me to it. They were actually tilling the field in the background as all that It happened. was a while ago. Yes, it, it was. It was actually 2009, which is uh, long enough ago already. 13 years ago. 13 years since Strasburg pitched that no-hitter wow. in his final game. At San Diego State. Hey, yeah. have you heard uh, on Fridays, Chris, here on the station, right after us, there is a new one-hour show called Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. Nope. And it's Boomer Esiason. He is an NFL MVP, or former NFL MVP. Yes, he is. And he and Mike Valenti discuss the biggest NFL news and preview the most important games of the week right here on 97.3 The Fan. So it's right after our show ends. And I was listening to it last week. And I like Boomer Esiason. I, think I like he, Boomer. I think he's got some good breakdowns. He did a good job as the uh, color analyst on Monday Night Football Radio for many years. Oh, I did not know he did that. Yes. Do you know Boomer's first name? Oh, man, you told me this recently. I did. Uh, no, I, I can't it, think of it. It's a pretty good name. It's actually better that he's called Boomer. Okay. <laughs> His name is, and I don't mean to be critical of everybody out there whose name is Norman. Oh, yes, yes. But Norman Esiason just doesn't sound no. much like a football threat. No, you need to go Boomer. You got to go become a quarterback and you're going to be a, a recognizable name. Boomer Esiason's one of the rare, the rarities in the National Football League. And that is a superstar quarterback, MVP award winner, who's left handed. 
I mean, you can honestly true. count on one hand the great left-handed quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. Steve Young. Steve Young is at the top Boomer. of the list. Probably Ken Stabler would be next. What about Michael Vick? Boomer Esiason. <laughs> Michael Vick, at least for a while. Yeah. And dare I say... No, do not. I know you're going. MVP candidate this no. year. <laughs> He's an MVP candidate this year. Who is it? You Tua. tell me. Tua Tonga Vailoa. Come you on. Tell you tell me. You tell me, Paul I know what Tadley you're trying to or, uh, <laughs> Roger Goodell. Yes, I, I knew exactly where you are going Yeah, no, and then, well, I'm just saying. There's very Tua few. Tonga Vailoa. That's the other left-handed quarterback. Yeah, there's not very many in the National Football League. You know what? You should ask Greg Camarillo about what it's like to catch a pass from a left-handed quarterback because he said it's a completely different experience for, for a wide receiver. We may ask him that right. coming up in the 3 o'clock hour. All right, get okay. to some radio calls here. Here we go. We're going to start, actually, with a call that we heard during the Good, Bad, and Ugly on Monday, and it would be your friend Paul Allen, and he's on Vikings Radio. This is the play at the end of the game where Josh Allen just needed to move it a yard forward, and he uh, was on their own one yard, like the Buffalo Bills one yard line. If he does, if he just moves it forward a yard, they, the Bills win the game. Instead, he fumbled. Here's how it sounded on Vikings Radio. Here it is. First down from the goal strike for the Bills. Josh Allen puts Gabe Davis in motion, and Davis is behind Allen, and he tried to push him. He didn't get out of there. He didn't get out. He did not get out. That's the safety. Give it to us. Give us the safety. Look at what's taking so long. Oh, the ball came out. Yes, the Vikings are going to win. Are you kidding me? Yes, drop that ball, Josh Allen. That ball came loose. Holy cow. All right, I'm going to go first on this one. I'll leave it to you to rate your friend. I'm going to give him a nine just because he said the the Vikings will win because they that wasn't a point in the game where the Vikings were going to 100% win the game. But I love that whole interaction because it was exactly what I was thinking about. Like, did he actually fumble that? I can't believe he fumbled that. And then they found out he fumbled it. And I love the energy. I love how they delivered it. I'm going to give him a nine. Chris, uh, I'm going to be a little tougher. Oh my gosh! Uh, I like Paul Allen. He's a, as I says, as I said a guy I used to work with uh, back in the day, and now uh, one of the more respected voices in the National Football League uh, as the voice of the Vikings. But I can't give them any higher than a six here. Really? I'm going to tell you why. If you you know you're listening to this as somebody who saw exactly what happened, that's you true. You know exactly what happened on this play. But what I'm trying to think about is what that sounded like to somebody who was at home or driving in their car in Minnesota listening to that unfold. Because, unfortunately, because there was such confusion, and Paul Allen never said there was confusion, he just said, that's a safety, give it to us. Then the other guy comes in and said, what's taking so long? And then there's dead air. If I was listening to that, I would have no idea what I was listening to. None. I would have no clue as to what really happened. He was maybe because his color guy stepped on him. I'm not sure. Maybe because he was so excited. Maybe because it happened down near the goal line and most broadcast locations are around midfield. So it's quite far away. 
But I think as a radio play-by-play guy on a play like that, you have got to be describing whatever it is that you see. You can't just assume that anybody listening knows what you're seeing. And I think to me, Paul Allen needed to say things along the line of, Josh Allen sneaks, wait, he stopped short of the goal line. Wait, there's a huge pileup. Wait, the Vikings are pointing that they might have the ball. Wait, nobody's quite sure what happens. This could be a touchdown. He has got to be describing minute, moment by moment what's going on. And then eventually when he gets to, wait, it's a touchdown. The Vikings are going to win. Now you can get to that. But to me, that all came out of nowhere. So I'm only giving him a six. I like the enthusiasm, and he certainly made it confusing. But see, you're, I think, rating it from somebody who knows exactly what yeah, happened Yeah, you're right. On I, need to, I need to, to take that out, and so I will lower mine to an You don't eight. have to lower it. No, I'm going to lower it to an eight. You're you, right. I, I think if you were listening to that at home, and you're like, you're first of all, as a fan, you're probably extremely disappointed because Kirk Cousins moments ago just got stopped yeah. on fourth down. And it looks for sure like the Vikings are going to lose oh, the yeah. game. Oh, yeah. So now the broadcaster needs to tell me what's happening. I had no idea what was going on if I never saw that play. That's a good point. I lower mine to an eight, but that's right. about it. There you that's go. about it. Okay. All right, let's move on to uh, college football. Okay, and it's going to be the University of Cincinnati, the Bearcats. They, uh, the same guy who calls the Bengals, calls the Bearcats. His name is Dan Horde, not the color guy, though. No, no, thank no, no, goodness no. for no, that. They didn't. They didn't make him do two broadcasts with uh, the Bengals guy. But here it is. It's in the first quarter. The score of this game against East Carolina is five nothing, Chris. Cincinnati's at home. It's the first quarter, three minutes left. If they're, uh, East Carolina kicking the ball to Cincinnati. Here is the Bearcats Radio Network. He's kind of dancing around a little bit. This kick is going to be taken by Trey. No, it's Jaden Thompson. Trey Tucker wanted it. Thompson stepped in front of him to catch it. Jaden breaks tackles, and there he goes. It's a foot race for the kicker. He's at the 40, the 50, far sideline 40. A teammate running down the block. 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Bearcats! So that was the call right there. They had a kick return, obviously, and uh, I appreciate when he said it's a foot race with the kicker. Whenever that's said, it's not good for the kicker. Chris, no. 1 to 10, rate that radio call. Well, I, uh, first of all, I feel great for the guy there because he actually got to call something without somebody yelling <laughs> in his so ear. so true. I mean, there's no color commentator no, there. No, It's just this guy describing a kickoff return. Uh, he gets a 7 for me. Uh, it's an excellent call of a kick return. It was a botched call, though, of who caught the ball. And while he was trying to explain who caught the ball and how the guy stepped in front of him and took it away from him, the guy was running out to the 35-yard line and was breaking the kick. Yeah. And I didn't know that until too late. So I'd like to know that he had a chance to break that kick when he's at about the 15- or 20-yard line. But he spent too much time correcting himself on who caught the ball and the the botched, uh, you know, the guy stepping in front, the other guy. It's going to come to this guy. No, it comes to that guy. Well, the other guy wanted it, but this guy jumped in and took it. Oh, it's going! Wait, he's winning the race with the kicker! Again, we can't see any of that. So, yes, tell me that, uh, you know, player A stepped in front of player B, but then start describing where he's going. He's at the 15, he's at the 20, he breaks through a tackle at the 30. He now breaks into the outside at the 40. Now, 
when you tell me that he's on his way, at least I kind of expect that this something good might be happening. So I'm giving him a seven. I yeah, I'm going to give him a seven as well, just because I didn't see this play, and so I would listen to it like I hadn't seen this play. But after watching it, he got out of more than just a tiny bit of trouble. There was a there was a ball of players that he had to break. But his he way didn't through. have time to describe that because exactly. he was busy telling so, me about who caught the kickoff. If I was in my car and I heard that, and I went home and saw the highlight, I'd be like, "Wow, that was way better of a run back than I thought it was." Okay. Because he had to get through there, so I'm going to go seven as well. I just retweeted from uh, I, I just retweeted a video of Paul Allen calling some of those plays. So you can go to at Matt Scraby. I love these when they have these cameras on the play-by-play guys. And, I saw and gals. a little of that as well. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. Uh, it's exactly what you think it is, but it's good stuff at Matt Scraby. But well, here we go. Are you surprised based on that video of Paul Allen that NFL broadcasters openly cheer as much as they do? It's almost as if they're like going to get paid more money if the team wins. No, I, I'm not because they're they're paid by the team to cheer for the team. But I mean, Paul Allen is literally jumping up and down in the booth, like he, you know, his. I think son, he loves his Vikings. He loves his Vikings. Yeah, I think I, he I'm loves surprised them. that play-by-play guys in the NFL seem to love their teams as much as they See, do. See, I think you can only do that you can when always you... root for your team, but you can root for your team without jumping around like a lunatic. I, I think Paul Allen has been there long enough to to build up some equity in the jumping around. Like if um the guy from the Eagles yeah. well, jumped around. I come from the Vin Scully Chick Hearn school where you tell the story from the home team's point of view. You're certainly rooting for the home team, but you don't act like an idiot every time the home team does something good. <laughs> All right, uh, real quick, this was Arizona and UCLA from over the weekend. The University of Arizona actually beat UCLA. Big upset. But here is the final play of the game. Brian Jeffries on the call, the voice of the Wildcats. Here is the Wildcats Radio Network. Crowd here, stunned at the moment. Here's the play. Back to throw. Thompson Robinson steps up, gets away from a sack, looking to run. Fires the pass towards the back of the end zone. Incomplete! And the Cats have won at the Rose Bowl! (laughs) Woo! (laughs) What a night. (laughs) What a night. Maybe their last visit here till they play in the Rose Bowl game, and they'll take that memory with them. All right, so there's the call. I'm up first. We're getting close to the end of the show. I'm gonna give that a four. That was four. That was to me. That was that, to beat UCLA at the Rose Bowl, and all you can do is just laugh. You you you're paid to talk, talk. I don't understand why you're just laughing. And I know that's the color analyst, and we're rating the play by play guy, but I think it's a four. That was a bad. That was that was bad to me, Chris. It's a four for a different reason. Uh, it was a four because I don't know what happened. I know that the quarterback dropped back to pass. It looked like he might scramble. All of a sudden, he threw the ball, and the game was over. I, yeah. I don't know what happened on the play. Yeah, it was You've got it was to tough. describe the play. It was tough. I know you're excited. Arizona pulled off an upset win at UCLA. I know that you feel good about that. Wildcats have been way down. You know, last yeah. year, I think they won only one game or no games. It's important for sure. And it's a nice win. But you can do all of that a couple of minutes after you tell me what actually happened on that final play. And then you can just laugh your way as long as you want. All right. Broadcast the game, announcers. (laughs) You are a broadcaster. You're not a cheerleader. 
You're a broadcaster first. Unless you're Paul Allen. Well, not Paul Allen. He's not the only one. Most no, NFL I know. Guys I like go crazy. it. Most I like when he goes crazy. Guys go crazy. I'm saying I like when he goes crazy. Yeah, I like a little professionalism along with it. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. Daily Gambit. And the latest on the college football playoff when we return. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.